oh, 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 this song gave me so much pleasure. In another of our biggest weeks, Scott kept Kylie. After eight weeks as Liam series winner, Roger Sanchez has been replaced by Linkin Park in the end. Welcome to the Naughtiest Naughty Podcast. Liam and Scott here going through every single top 10 single of the Naughty's decade on the quest to find what is the best pop song of the decade. We're checking loads of different things. We're looking at production value. We're looking at lyrics. We're looking at songwriting. We're looking at social impact. We're looking at relevance. Loads of different bits and pieces. And our brains are just evolving as we go, mm. pretty much. Liam, how are you thinking about your big, 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 big big emotional change to Linkin Park yeah I have uh, no regrets whatsoever it was a very easy choice and I think I've been validated by the fact that so many others have done the same thing this week oh. as we'll get to shortly um, with no regrets in sight do you think that Dappy could win in the future is that is that a decades track <laughs> no regrets is that beyond <laughs> when I look in the mirror I think we do get a bit of um, end dubs at some point yeah I, I don't I don't think they'll be reclaiming the crown off Linkin Park or anybody to be fair although I did see them live in concert which was a quite an experience <laughs> How about you though? Because you didn't choose Lincoln Park, despite some, you know, a bit, a bit, a bit of back and forth. How do you feel? Do you feel that you've made the right choice by not taking them on? I do clearly think that it's definitely the second one to Kylie. So I feel like the top two is definitely right. I don't think the change is. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of all right with it because I kind of still think about the social impact. I think that that's Lincoln Park. It's, it's amazing. It is so, so good. It's such a big, big song. Yeah. I still don't think it's reached as many people as it deserves to reach. Mm-hmm. And Kylie did. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of I'm kind of going with that logic for the time being. But yeah, you might get me three weeks, ten weeks down the line. And I'm like, mm-hmm, okay. Yeah, Pure Shore's next kind of a thing. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll find out. A thing to note <laughs> is that on our Twitter page this week, I got a notification saying it's one year since you made your account. And I thought, oh, well, it must be about one year since we recorded the first episodes. And it was. Ooh. So um, I think it's Thursday. So yesterday, as, as this goes out, was the uh, the one year anniversary of us recording those first three wow. episodes. Isn't Jesus. that bizarre? Yeah, and that was that was a lot of pressure, to be fair, because we're like, I was. there's never a good time to do it. I just need to do it. I racked up with a bunch of notes. Yeah, we, we you had a structure. Mm. I just had a bunch of verbal diarrhea, and by the end of the third episode, we hadn't we couldn't remember what we'd said in the first one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was um, yeah. The, the first episodes are quite rough, rough but uh, I think it's come a long way since then, and I'm really proud of what we've achieved over the years. So I'm very proud of you. I think you've done amazingly well done. You too. Thank you. I know Aww. it's not been easy to organise getting stuff done because you've got a, a child and a family, and I've just got like not much really. But yeah, we, we, we've we've made it work, and I think uh, hopefully people enjoy it, and it's going to keep growing because it's grown quite nicely so over the last year I'm really really chuffed with it yeah great let's get to last week's tracks then we always look for your thoughts you can email them you can tweet them facebook them instagram them whatever you like Uh, just get them into us basically pick a disc he said oof tough week very tough week and I I totally agree it was a really really difficult week Uh I think um, we, we, we we could coin a new phrase here any other week it's those tracks like the ones it's those tracks like Britney that in any other week they'd be a winner but with Lincoln Park in the in the way, it's one of those where it, it's not going to happen. So yep. yeah, last week was one of those any other week sort of weeks where so many different things could have very easily won. Mark from Glasgow says it's the ones for me with flawless. It's timeless, and Brittany is a close second. Hashtag Kenny Kitty. Kenny Kitty. Kenny Kitty. Kenny Kitty. Haley Harris says Oi ve, very tough week. I love all these songs, but it has to be Brittany or Lincoln Park, right? Ooh. Well, yeah, those are two very very valiant. 
contenders, but it's just a shame we can only pick the one. Yeah, it's a difficult week. Series winner update, though. We've seen a lot of spreadsheets come through in socials this week. We're seeing changes. A big shout to Lewis Harrower, who said, For so long, I kept on Papa Roach last resort as my series winner. Then a couple of weeks ago, I changed to Alien Ant Farm and a really hard decision to switch then. Then there's steps, and then that makes me switch. <laughs> but in the end, none of that really matters because Linkin Park is here to stay. Uh, a pretty consistent vibe there with Lewis, apart from his bubblegum pop in the middle. Yes, I, I, I love I love that, mm-hmm. that Lewis can have that kind of palette where it can be the dark, heavy stuff, because it can also be the, the joyous steps. I love that. <laughs> Obi Moo says episode winner was an easy one, but it took a lot of agonizing over series winner. Faithless got to set a new record, but all good things must come to an end, especially if great things come mm-hmm. along. And and he has indeed changed to Lincoln Park as well. Yeah. That's a big deal because week on one is pretty much formed around seven big hooky notes. Yeah. So that speaks volumes for Faithless. Like that's a massive, massive deal. Uh, congratulations. Play your pods right has been on, says, Oh man, that's a tough pot. Michael Jackson and Lincoln. Park are definitely the front runners. Lincoln Park wins, but only just. And I think a lot of it is the nostalgia because that's what I was listening to at the time. Uh, even more so, Gorillas are now dethroned. Ooh. In the end, has the crown. I think a lot of people have changed because of Lincoln Park here. Yeah, I think it's really thrown a cat among the pigeons. And and he says there about nostalgia. I think it's it supersedes nostalgia. I think there is nostalgia there, but I think the track speaks for itself. Yeah. And I think. Even if even if you like me and have no real well, I've got a bit of nostalgia for it. But there'll be, there'll be people like me who've got even less memory of this time than I do. Yeah, who'll still have chosen this because it's such a, a heavy, hard hitting song. It's just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like I've had that track twice. I had it at the time mm. as the seventeen-year-old Scott who was just out on the sesh, enjoying it and moshing around, not really thinking about where it came from. Yeah. Because I'm I'm music before lyrics, and then all of a sudden, when Chester's taking his own life. I get it again yeah. as a completely different experience with absolutely no changes. I, I hear it completely differently. So mm. wow, wow, wow. What we're going to do then is get on to today's episode and in the age of the COVID pandemic, we explore the rapture with Io and Nadia Ali plus the debut for Alicia Keys and we say a farewell to five. Plus Jennifer Lopez is back and we'll explore the world of advert music with the help of Dandy <laughs> Warhols. But first... Before we go any further, if you haven't heard these songs and you want to check them out, you can do on our social pages on Spotify and YouTube. We've got playlists all nicely laid out for you so you can check these tracks out, get onto our level on our page, and then come back and join us. If you've done that, or if you just want to hear us talk about them and you don't need to hear the songs in full, that's also fine. We'll crack right on. This is the week commencing the 28th of October 2001. We're getting towards the end of the year, which is quite exciting. Uh-huh. I always like to factor in some tracks that didn't quite make the top 10 and therefore aren't in contention for the, the series and for the winner but are significant and, and deserve a bit of a mention and a bit of a play number 17 this week was from System of Down and the song is Chop Suey let's take a listen Why don't think you trust in my self-righteous suicide I cry when angels deserve to die Such a great track. Didn't perform as well as you might expect. No. I thought it might have squeezed in the top 10. Mm-hmm. There is reasons for it, though. I mean, the, the song is very aggressive and violent. It, it's called... Well, it was going to be called Suicide. They had to change it, so they just chopped the word suicide, hence chop suey ah it's ah. clever see the album Toxicity was actually number one this week in the album charts but the song didn't perform as well it was on the list of songs that were deemed inappropriate following 9-11 because it's you know, it's about suicide and death um, and in America it also didn't perform that great either it was number 76 in the Hot 100 it became their lowest performing track to date but I think it's the one that stood out so the test of time from as far as I'm concerned it's, yeah. the, it's the system of down tracks that I remember the most and know the most and I've listened to it quite a lot this week because it's, um, it's just a big tune it makes me thrash around but <laughs> <laughs> Again, it has those Linkin Park sad bits too. Yeah, it does. Let's get into the singles of the week. Number one, two, and three. There's no new entries there. The first one we get to is number four, and it is the double A side, and it's the farewell, as Scott mentioned earlier, to a boy band from Britain who, you know, I think are legendary. I think they've given us some real bangers over the years. And can they go out with their heads held high? Well, we'll find out. This is the first side. It's called Closer to Me. You know that I miss you, baby. I'm gonna let you know you're driving me crazy. I'll do anything. 
This is the band's final British release off the third album, King Size, but actually more known for being off their Greatest Hits album. I'll go straight in. I think it's got a nice opening piano, yeah. nice flow, and just generally like a nice overall goodbye tone. What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I I, I, I kind of knew it would be a ballad, and I was a bit like, because mm, I'm so used to Five bringing out big banger tunes, like don't, you know, keep on moving, and uh, but just just so many more. My, my mind's gone blank, but they, they, I, I, I associate Five more with bangers than slow stuff, so yeah. This was kind of like a bit of a. Uh, uh. Oh. That that said, that said, it's one of the better ballady songs that you can come across in this decade. I think because Five add their fiveness to it, the fact it has got raps, mm-hmm. the fact it has got like a bit of a bit more pace to it. It's got a Richard Sanad production. It has the raps that make it more than just a standard like uh, sorry to say, but like a Westlife song. It's still a five ballad, and I think it does conjure those goodbye vibes nicely and it channels it through the five way of doing it and it has lyrics about missing somebody so it does feel like a, a fit and farewell track even if probably it wasn't intended as one when they when they made it yeah I, I remember this being a thing and I remember always watching the music video to it because we can come on to that but the music video was kind of pretty special but mm. it was dead strange because I could watch this one and it kind of I think it positions the, the, the goodbye tracks for me I could watch this and listen to this and kind of enjoy it It's we, we, we know things this energy aren't my general speed yeah me too but whenever the Spice Girls brought out Goodbye it was heartbreaking and my mum died at the yeah. same time so that was like our final song um, so I couldn't listen to that song for years mm. whereas this one I was actually quite excited to listen to this one again and then I'd never really zoomed in on the lyrics and I do find that this is actually oddly lyrically romantic and it doesn't it doesn't pass the creepy test but actually for some strange reason this is still really romantic without passing that creepy test we've always said the creepy test one's tend to be traditionally the most romantic but yeah yeah i'm quite quite happy with it lyrically as well i think it's a good piece of writing yeah i don't have much more to say to be honest i think it's it's fine i I think we both say it's not our speed but it's better than better than we expected yeah should we get straight onto the banger because i think i think it serves five better that we we talk about the banger at more length no (laughs) oh no we're going i do want to say a bit closer to me though is it actually is my least favorite rap from five there's a bridge that is not good I don't like the rap in it um, okay. I like I like the rapping elements throughout but not that but I think we're going in a very different <laughs> direction now if you're saying let's get on to the five banger uh, right yeah no, yeah let's do it okay. you lead right this is uh, this is the other A side of the final single this is the final steps track uh, steps track this is the <laughs> final five track we'll ever do it's called Rock the Party Samples the Grease theme tune from Frankie Valley. Yeah, uh, I was pretty surprised when this started, and then a few seconds later, pretty surprised at how disgusted it was that it even existed. <laughs> yeah, you love it. Do you um, love it? I, 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 I'd go as far as saying, yeah, I kind of do. Yeah. Oh no. Um, oh. I, I like I like the Grease sample on its own anyway yeah. but actually if you listen to the 5 version compared to the Frankie Valley version the two do, do sound quite different and this one's been henched up it's been you know it's been steroided quite a lot to add some new beats to it some new guitars to it it's got raps in it which I mean back in the 70s would be kind of unfathomable it's got auto-tune it's a bit it's a bit Backstreet Boys in sound um, I, I, I have no problems and I'd actually I'd go as far as saying that I really like it What's your what's your beef? The sample doesn't match the song for me. I think the Grease theme tune is way for for so many people it is positioned as being a theatre song and very much performing arts. They don't kind of match that. I don't like the sample like the theme tune, like the Grease theme tune's brilliant, you know what I mean? So the Frankie Valley elements of it are great. I don't mind the chopping stuff of it, but I hate the fact that they've sampled it. It was like it feels really unintelligent of an approach for something to sample for me and we've had more artistic samples mm. at this point and it seems like they've gone right let's do this and then we're going to just 
not finish this full sentence and then we're going to use that as a sample whereas you've got people that we've done in 2000 and 2001 that have really set the tone for how the hell you sample something yeah and it, it feels to me like this to me I had them you know if it was a stock exchange of five they went up and up and up and up and this one <laughs> that I had forgotten about and I don't I was like I don't know this I don't know this then the, the chorus did come in and I remembered it but it undid all of their good work for me oh. and I feel like I need to go and I need to open a five greatest hits playlist on Spotify or something hide this song and go through and remember and try blank it out I don't want this in my <laughs> my memory of five which is a bit of, I don't know it, the, the, cor- the chorus does where they say rock the party as well this is the thing rock the party sounds too much like the tone of Backstreet Boys whenever they sing everybody I'm like, leave that, leave that tone to the Backstreet Boys. Don't be, don't be jumping on their bandwagon this this close to your right. You know what I mean? Yeah, completely. No, I, I, I yeah, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I think that the sample is quite lazy in some ways. I'd, I'd, I'd feel worse if they hadn't henched it up though, because it does sound nice and hench. Like yeah. the guitars on it, they could, the, the electric guitars on it are lovely. Like the, the sort of like the bassy notes in the chorus is lovely. Yeah, it's not a classic from Five. I don't think it does. I, I don't think it undercuts any of the work they've done before this. And I think because it's like a greatest hits track, and because it's like the final one that's the other side of the double A side, it's kind of largely going to be ignored. No, I, I, I'm, I'm very much fine with it, and I think they, they've brought the five production elements that we know and love, and it's a nice way of kind of closing it out. Yeah. There's those synthesized beats, there's a scratch and filtering, the kind of. Um, auto-tuned vocals, I guess you would say. And, and, I, and I like the heavy guitars, as I say. So if we talk about the song, that's all well and good, fine. The video is... We kind of touched upon the video closer to you, which is all kind of archive footage because by this point, the band was... Gone. Not a thing. <laughs> they had they had broken up. And I mean, even the video before this, Let's Dance, they were a four because Sean had left, as we now know, because of a, a emotional mental breakdown. In this video, to rock the party, they even double down on that Sean as a cardboard cutout thing. And at the end, he's a cardboard cutout that falls over in an animated video that, you know, Sean, they could have just had Sean in the video. No one need to draw attention to it. Yeah. But once again, they've taken the piss of somebody who's mentally ill. And it just makes you think, like, the people who are in the show, people who are behind the scenes of Five, um, what were they thinking? And, mm-hmm. and, and But moreover, what were the attitudes of this time that that's, that's allowed to happen twice? Yeah. Yeah, that's an issue for me. Whereas I do really like the video for Closer to Me. I think that it's really good because I love, especially like with with 90s and noughties pop groups, I love knowing that they were together before the, the debut single, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I love yeah. seeing early footage of them and you see them moving into a house together whenever they've obviously been yeah. awarded the position in the bands. And you see them all moving in and they, they look normal and they're not styled. They are raggies with their greasy brill creamed hairs yeah. and their checky shirts and their, their oversized trainers and stuff like that. And I love that part of it because it just, it goes, it gives you hope for anybody to think, do you know what it is? <laughs> Other people can turn their life around really. And I think that that's just kind of dead sweet the way that they've managed to pull off. It makes me feel like I could be fashionable if I really wanted to be fashionable too. But yeah, because <laughs> I think, have you, you haven't really mentioned Rock This Party as an animated thing. It is a cartoon. Yeah. And I, I didn't watch it. I, I was, and I, I listen and I watch everything, you know, I know that historically you've been like, I'm not watching this, I'm done. I've, I've got a quarter of the way through. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, I couldn't cope with it. Mm. Which is odd. Yeah, if you look in the YouTube comments, a lot of the five fans don't like the video either. They they they, they see it as a bit of an aberration against the history of great mm. videos and great songs. This one kind of stands out as a, a, a moment to forget. And I think the moment at the end of Sean as the cardboard cut out fallen over, it didn't need to be in there. And it's just like it, it does leave a really sour note. If that's the final note of the step of the of the five career, then it's 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 a bum note to finish on. Yeah. But no, we're quite opposed on these two. Uh, we're, we're probably more aligned on the first track, but yeah, we're very apart on the second track. I, I, I like it. It's a banger. Maybe it isn't too deep. Maybe it's a thing that I won't think about too much more after this. But yeah, yeah if it comes on shuffle, I probably don't skip Rock the Party, but I probably do skip Closer to Me. I would go out of my way to actually hide it. We haven't been this dis- divided since uh, Spice Girls Goodbye and Let Love Lead the Way because we mm, yeah we switched. We we liked opposites. And there we are again. We're back there, aren't we? Yeah. In that kind of era. So there you go. Mm. The- I wonder what will be the next track that decides and uh, divides us a little bit well next week there's a Westlife AA side that we'll get to which I, I, I don't know what you think you don't know what I think but you, you never know it could be that again who knows wow okay cool those pesky AA sides just pick one song you 
let's start a new week then. It's the 4th of November. Michael Jackson's Invincible has taken the top spot in the album charts off of Steps, who are number two now. And number three is uh, Mystique was licking on both sides, which Wait. is a big deal for them. And it's, um, it's, it's, it's lovely to see after such a great trio of singles and more to come in the years to follow. Scandalous on the way and mm-hmm. uh, Be With Me are the ones as well. Not in the top 10, in at number 19. I've been waiting for this for so many weeks. I was so, again, like Sister Madonna, upset to see it wasn't in the top 10 and we're not going to get a chance to go into it much more detailed. But number 19 this week was from Andrew WK. And the track is Party Hard. is such a tune this is class it's a track that my dad's handed down to me he would play it on his iPod quite a lot when I would be at his house and um, <laughs> yeah I've got I, I really thank him for that one because it's such a big tune yeah. and it had to get mentioned somewhere so thank you Andrew for helping us to party hard I remember with that one uh, one of my mates does a rock show uh, but he only knows me as dance music and had no has no idea that I know pop music as well, mm. but knew me as dance. And then a message on one day he said, "Any requests? Just I'll just play them." And I went, "I want Andrew WK Party Hard." And he was like, "Oh my god, how the hell do you know that song?" <laughs> um, I was like, "I know some shit, you know." Yeah. Uh, and he played it for me, and it was great. But I think then I think I got so many extra cool points because you know sometimes rock people don't. And in that year, I kind of did not value dance music. They didn't. Some people just never liked anything computerized and didn't see it as a skill. Yeah. Um, and I think then we got a bit of a bit of open mind which was quite nice yeah for a track that is kind of more known for its rocky parts the bit I love the most is that bit of piano just a blink 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 it's great it's a great track I love that and uh, just a chance to say thank you to my dad for giving me such great music taste <sighs> uh, not perfect because some of the stuff that I like he would be appalled by but anyway uh, he's, he's tried his best um, bless him Warren. So, number one in the singles charts remained the same. Nothing was knocking Afro Man off for his third week at number one. Not even The Rapture. And it comes from Ayo and Nadia Ali. This is the debut single of the debut album Poetica, and that didn't actually come until 2005, randomly enough. Yeah. So Io is actually Nadia Ali and Marcus Moser, but they still put the feature in on of Nadia Ali to kind of draw some extra attention to her. Yeah. And it was a interesting story of how they met because she was working at Versace in New York and got introduced to him uh, by somebody working there and then pretty much the rest is history uh, he was trying to form a girl band mm. and then all of a sudden they're the duo when this came out I was obsessed like properly obsessed with this track yeah. absolutely loved it because the vocoder they've put on her voice is just different to the approach we've ever heard before you know I was coming through an era of share Believes and yeah. Fives doing things like that you know and this was just there was something more creative with the way that they've they've done her and I just love this and I've got loads of memories of it with my mate Trevor pretty mm. much this is Trevor racking up in the morning you know going to school and being <laughs> late because we wanted to watch the actual video to this one too so yeah yeah happy I think we just got on digital then so ITV digital before it was ITV digital was on digital mm. and you could kind of go into like an electrical shop and buy the box for it and then you just all of a sudden through your aerial had music channels yeah and this is where I started to get music channels because we had on digital I Ooh. think anything that was like free viewish beforehand you only had two channels whereas now I was starting to get music channels at this ah. point and then on digital on ITV digital went bust pretty much went bust because everybody using dodgy cards and Luckily, I had a brother that lived in Belfast and could get hands on these dodgy cards. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I loved this track. What do you think? I am with you. I think I fancy this song. Like, not just like <laughs> it or love it. I think I'm actually kind of like romantically attracted to it. It's that good. It does just put you under a spell. It is hypnotic. Uh, it's all hooks and much like 
your current winner, Kylie, it's got a la 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 hook. Yeah. That's just like it's so enticing. I think it's it's got the mysterious factor and the hypnotic factor like Kylie has. Lyrically, it's only a little bit more complicated. As we know, Kylie's not got a lot of different lyrics to it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a quite a simple vocal structure even if the actual song structure is totally totally alien and totally weird yeah this has like a real trans dimension to it that sucks you in and i think for a song called rapture is there anything romantic than the end of the world i think it's a concept that we see in music and in film and stuff that the end of the world and the rapture as it's kind of spoken about here is actually quite a romantic concept think about the line in mariah carey fantasy which i've been <laughs> playing a lot as you know from previous weeks she sings about images of rapture and it just it makes you feel kind of warm and because it's quite it's quite I don't know there's something about the end of the world that does make me kind of like yeah. lit up a little bit uh-huh. I don't know why that is it's just strange no like like I say I do think I fancy this song I do think I am attracted to it in, in a way that no other track has really got me like this before I did fancy a fancy Nadia Ali at the time yeah. as well too so she's had some so if you don't know much about Nadia Ali she has been big this one song made her massive in the dance world for a long period of time it kind of ended up being like a bit of a battle about who owns what who does what mm. re-releasing some tracks and all of that kind of crack and she then ended up going off and doing some stuff solo but she's had some banging tracks that mm. you if you listened to mainstream radio back in like 2010 and 2011 you probably couldn't have escaped her tracks really so if you listen to this one this was when Rapture was brought back and it was re kind of produced by Avicii this was massive so 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 good and then in 2011 as well she had this massive track which was like Nadia Ali Star Killers Alexa Kenji um, or Alex Kenji and Alesso remixed that to bring it to the mainstream and it sounded like this She was kind of like the club and queen and festival queen mm. at this point. Like these tracks were massive, 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 massive. But yeah, Nadia Ali, I want more of her in my life. I don't get enough of her in my life. Mm. It's funny they mentioned the Avicii one because I saw this in the list coming in a few weeks time and I thought, oh, I'll have a listen and see if I remember it. And um, the version that I heard, the version we're talking about, isn't the one that stuck in my head. It is that Avicii one from 2010. And I, I, I back in the day, I loved the Avicii one when that first came out. Uh-huh. Like that's that's my, that's my generation's version of this track. And this one we're talking about now is kind of like a generation back for me. I remember I used to, I had like my phone and I had a like a, a games console that I had that I'd put music on that I'd rip from YouTube, just like just straight up <laughs> YouTube convert stuff. It all sounded like arse and a lot of the stuff was like music videos. So you'd hear all the music videos sound effects and stuff but yeah I've got vivid memories of having this on my whatever device I was using at the time and, and playing it a lot I think Radio 1 played it it got number 4 in the charts oh, so wow. it's if, if we continue this show for whatever reason in 2010 we'll actually cover the Avicii remixes which is quite funny and there's a version for every decade as it turns out so far I wonder if it'll continue because in 2020 Ray brought it back with Rudimental oh, yeah. for a track that she released uh, off her latest album uh, which squeezed into number 40 let's take a listen to that love Ray so much and I love that she's brought this back I think her her sound has developed so much over the last few years because it was kind of R&B music and rap music now it's kind of transformed into pop music yeah. and it's now dance music as well yeah this is great and I, I think that the, the nature of the song being what it is it, it is the kind of thing that is timeless and can have different iterations per decade and I wonder if by like 2100 in <laughs> 80 years time we'll still be getting this track over and over again mm-hmm. I think there's just there's a magic about it there really is a magic about it I agree so that was number two. We also got a new number three this week from a brand new name as well. Uh, it's kind of amazing to think that this is a brand new name because it feels like this person's been around for like forever just because of the quality of the stuff that she's brought out. She just seems a bit timeless herself. This is the debut of Alicia Keys and the song is called Fallen.
This was also written and produced by Alicia and won three Grammys. It got mm. Song of the Year, Best R&B, and then it got Best R&B Vocal Performance as well. Mad. This track and Alicia coming on the scene was just an absolute global moment. Mm. And I remember it clear as day. This song documents the ins and outs of a relationship. Sometimes you love each other and then other times you can't necessarily stand each other but it's part and parcel of being in a relationship for a duration of time but I think we need to like we need to listen to the opener right because Mm. this has just got an amazing opener listen to this I keep on falling Again, we're back to this stuff not being my vibe, but I was always completely pulled in by Alicia Keys. That's how you know she's good because she pulls in people that just aren't her target audience. And she sucked everybody in with this. Like, really sucked people in. Yeah, big deal. I mean, she'd been writing this for three years since she was a teenager. She's 20 when this came out. I love that her name isn't actually Alicia Keys. She changed it because she played the piano. <laughs> her, her name is Alicia Ogello Cook. But because of the piano imagery, she became Alicia Keys. I love that. Mm-hmm, you, may, you may as well. I mean, like, what, what other bands could do that? Like, you know, they could have, like, Brian May from Queen could become like Brian Guitar or yeah I'd be Scott Takeaway <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Alicia gets away with it though because she's she's just so fab yeah it's fu- it's funny that you said you said that this isn't your speed and I think like in terms of the actual speed it probably isn't for mine either but I, I love this kind of genre of music this is what he categorises as neo soul mm-hmm. which kind of came about I mean it, it had been around for decades but hadn't really been characterised by a genre name until the 90s I mean um, just reading about it on, online Erica Badu Lauren Hill are kind of the names that popularised it in the 90s and, and kind of coined that phrase it still lives well at, well, well in, in, into this day now one of my favourite neo soul artists now is Mahalia yeah. who it, it kind of fuses it more with the R&B side of things but her, her neo soul tracks like Poppy or Judah are beautiful as well so yeah there's something about this genre that stands out to me but to, to this song particularly I mean she ticks all the boxes I mean you watch the video and you, you, you see you see how many dimensions there are to her it, it's a very dimensional song from a very dimensional artist she's got this gorgeous voice that's capable of like multiple different registers mm-hmm. on like all ends of the scale she has those bits of flair she's got songwriting that's mature way beyond her years you yeah. know for a young person this is a very mature written song and I think the ability to, to fuse the genres and the cultures that she does very seamlessly I mean and, and of course the piano skills oh, I mean God, I, yeah. I could I could go on but <laughs> I think that's kind of yeah that's kind of enough like sh- share some of those skills please Alicia don't hog it all to yourself you know if you just look at it if you just look at it really basically people that don't listen to music and analyse it the way that we do there's just something special about it if you think about the bit where she goes oh oh ah, you know they're really the high note of the eyes never felt this away mm. that's just pure pleasure yeah like that's pleasure and then even the way she rolls through the word just so you gave me so much pleasure you know that's like that bendy note thing that we've talked about before yeah. where it's dangerous but we like it and it works for some people and it, it totally works for her I love the way the song grows because you've got like you, you don't know it's all about Alicia but when you like zoom in a bit more you start to hear these really subtle strings just plinking and plonking away in the background which mm. are just spot on for me and then just when you think you know she's completely smashed it it can't get any better a big massive choir (laughs) piles into the background and you're just like yeah this is good and I hate the fact that I'm sitting analysing it and really saying that it's brilliant because for me when I saw Io Raptor coming I was like oh Io Raptor is brilliant it's the best thing ever and then I hate the fact this is like I've got to be rational and this is major competition with everything right now Mm, yeah major competition with Kylie or just with Io and um, I don't. Oh, do you know what? I don't know actually. I think to, to if 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 we're looking at it from the point of view of like of the criteria we list at the start of the show of like social impact and production value and that kind of thing, this was a Billboard number one. Yeah. And 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 at the end of the entire year, it was the second biggest song of the year in America. Number three here, one of the biggest tracks of the entire decade, a debut single. Yeah. It's a a a, tri- a triple Grammy winner. Mm-hmm. The social impact of this is huge as well because. I think it inspired a lot of other artists that came out of the woodwork from this point. Alicia went out on to have a really big career that still exists now and is still just as big, arguably, now as it was back then. I think in terms of significance, this is probably up there with Kylie in a different way. Yeah, it is very different. The thing that it is missing is it doesn't light me. It lights me up a bit mm. because it sucked me in. So what they've pulled off there is amazing. I, I don't know. I do, oh, I do feel like I maybe need to reflect on that, actually, because yeah. could it be a... 
Yeah, I would. The thing is, though, is if this was and obviously I've had songs before that are series winners that aren't my favorite songs, but because of the process that we're taking them through, mm. this makes sense. But I don't know. You know, she's American and got a Billboard number one. Like that's never happened before. Kylie managed <laughs> to break America yeah. as an Australian living in the UK and a solo artist. Yeah. You know what I mean? But this, this, oh, they get points in different ways. The way and scale strange for this one. So there is a chalk and cheese element. But I do think that this should have been a UK number one. And I think the fact that she got a number three in her debut with a song like this in the UK, it was a number one in theory. Yeah, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I do love it. Um, I do think the video is interesting because it documents her trip to see her boyfriend in prison kind of interspersed with her playing the piano too so keys all over the shop mm-hmm. it's deep we get lots of different elements and facets with this track and I do really really like it it might even be an episode winner yet so we might even have the Kylie debate we'll see how we get on yeah we'll find out soon no I think I think she, she she's been lauded by critics over the years as like a, almost like a cut above the rest she's like a special kind of talent yeah. that others just can't match and like I say she's still doing it now she brought an album out a couple of years ago that was really good and um, yeah we, we're going to see a lot of Alicia over the years we'll see her again next week actually funnily enough because she's on uh, the charity single What's Going On oh yeah she's part of that ensemble which is which is a, a, a big deal considering the names on that track you know mm-hmm. it's, it's big established names and there's Alicia Keys who's pretty much brand new on the scene it makes you wonder though because this track feels so big and so produced I wonder for how many years was Alicia working with people to get to this point I wonder how many years of the, that process of writing the song was she part of a label that were helping her develop or, or was she just totally fresh off the boat I don't I don't know but um, yeah fascinating I want to see her moving into a terrace council house and her like goodbye to the music industry video <laughs> like five did and her old raggy clothes and stuff I hope that that footage better exists I want to see that so this next person is a former series winner for Scott and she recently performed at Joe Biden's inauguration big deal given the strong language she uses on the murder remix of this track you'd think she was there swearing Donald Trump <laughs> oh wash your mouth out this is Jennifer Lopez and the track is I'm Real This was recorded for the second album, J-Lo. We get into J-Lo confusing territory with this one because of the fact there's another I'm Real, like Liam said, the Murder remix, which is pretty much just completely a different song. So they needed to be putting J-Lo out into different kind of radio spheres. This song didn't fit where she could also make money. So the Murder remix was brought along by teaming her up with Ja Rule. And the thing it has in common with this song is the fact that it's called and has the words I'm real. Yeah. That's about it yeah. at this point. But this one has Christine Millian production vibes in it for me. Mm. And I've got it down as believe it or not, we're this deep into the podcast this week. This is my first intro juice. Yeah, I I guess I guess so, mm. yeah, yeah. Isn't that weird? I guess a lot of that comes from the sample, which is Firecracker by Yellow Magic Orchestra. Let's take a listen. I'm sure, I'm sure you read the controversy too, Scott, that this was kind of the the centre of a tussle between J-Lo and Mariah Carey with the um, former ex-husband of Mariah at the very centre of it, Tommy Mottola. He gave the sample to J-Lo. Mariah wanted it um, because of the, you know, pr- probably the petty arguments that, she, that Tommy had had with Mariah. Didn't give it to Mariah. And the track Loverboy that was supposed to have this firecracker sample didn't have it. Actually, now in 2020, a new version's been released that does have Firecracker on it. But yeah, there's a bit of there's a bit of beef there. The 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 producer of the murder remix, Irv Gotti, he claims that Tommy Mottola, who was the person who gave J Lo the sample, he just told 
the team to make a song exactly like Mariah Carey's "If We" from Glitter. Oh no! So that's 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 really really petty, isn't it? That's really yeah. really petty. That's incredible. It's it's impressive levels, impressive levels of pettiness. Uh, I, I kind of rate it, but also I'm kind of disgusted by it too. I'm glad that these years later, Mariah's had a chance to vindicate herself and actually put the track out the way she intended it to be released. Um, Fuck you, Tommy. I didn't read any of that, so you've totally educated me. I love how much of like a Mariah fanboy you're becoming from this podcast. This yeah, is absolutely amazing. Pretty much. Have we ever seen JLo and Mariah together? Um, I can't imagine it. No. I wonder if they're. I don't think we have. Is this like a secret beef, or is it a public beef that we just don't know about? Is there a secret beef here? Maybe I don't. But it's two big divas, two big voices. So you could imagine if they were in the same room, there might be some kind of sparks in some way. Either like, oh my god, I love you so much, or just kind of like, get out of my way, bitch. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I'd, li- I'd like to hope it's nice. But but, yeah. I do feel like they're in different leagues in vocals. I think, obviously, Mariah, Mariah's the Alicia Keys, yeah. J-Lo's the Kylie, yeah. but they're global superstars, so that's the camp that they're kind of in. So um, I don't think for a second Mariah kind of will be thinking, if we compare with J-Lo, I don't think she'd be necessarily that happy at this point. But um, I just remember, like, I was obsessed with this in many respects. We had J-Lo dressed in leathers on bikes, uh, <laughs> wind machines, breakdowns where she dances. And so you've just told us all of this, like, background scandal at this point in my life I remember the scandal being is the guy the choreographer I think his name's Chris Judd I'm just making this up the top of my head Chris Judd was the bald guy that was her dancer who used to be on her side in all of the music videos and I think she might have even married him yeah. but there was the J-Lo's going out with one of her J-Lo's going out with her choreographer and that was the drama for me at the time mm. is that's what I would have seen on like them MTV programs and now that I've got like a bit of MTV uh, <laughs> the MTV programs would have been all about the fact J-Lo's with her choreographer so I started to get that track chucked down my throat mm. at this point and I recognise his face only in her music videos if you walk past him in the street I wouldn't know him but in the music videos I'm like ah there he is there he is that's <laughs> him but that was my 2001 Scott scandal you know what I mean yeah. I didn't actually really care that much yeah interesting no, J-Lo's always attracted attention from headlines and stuff there's something we'll get to later on regarding the murder remix which we, we don't cover the murder remix of this track we do cover the murder remix of uh Ain't it funny? It's ain't it funny? Yes, ain't yeah. it funny? So we'll get to that shortly. But yeah, in terms of this track, I love the old school feel. It has like eighties R and B vibes. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of the band like New Edition that pops in my head with those kind of like jaunty pop beats that are <laughs> just kind of really cool. One one of those New Edition tracks was a bed that I used on my show I did for like over a year, which I love called Cool It Now. Which is just a great track, um, but if I mean, it's it's also kind of like if you think about other acts of that era, like Evelyn Champagne King, kind of comes to mind. There's also a bit of like Prince magnetism there. Like we mentioned, Britney last week having the Prince factor. I think there's a bit of like the bit of that same sort of Prince charm and charisma that's channeled through J Lo and the production of this track. Yeah, uh, but again, and I've mentioned this before, it's it's J Lo having to. Well, is she having to or is she choosing to? I don't know, but she's having to justify her position as a real person. Love Don't Cost a Thing did that. Jenny from The Block did that. Other tracks have also done that. And and, and, it, and it's safe to say that J-Lo, I think, came under a lot of fire from various people for various reasons, one of which being the fact that like, like I say, she has to justify being a real person. She comes from, you know, a, a, a tough part of New York where I guess you have, if, if you're seen as losing your realness, you lose credibility and maybe you can't even go home and show your face around those parts. Yeah. But but also the fact that it's another track where J-Lo isn't singing the hook necessarily. There's a bit of talk around this too. Ashanti was the person who put the reference vocals down yeah. when they were producing it. And it's thought that maybe some of those bits are still in the mix. I think most of it's still in the mix. Because I think those who say it's just some are underestimating because J-Lo isn't really present on the hook of this at all. And there's a bit of a precedent for this. This fascinates me in many respects that like, you know, in 2001, you know, because she was a superstar and she was doing everything, you know, so she was like the triple whammy. Yeah. You know, this this is the whole thing where, you know, as much as men, and I would say that I was way more perverted mm. back then and way, well, way more inappropriate, you know, I'm, I'm still a human. <laughs> this was, sex was chucked at you. And, and it was sex and women wanted to be J-Lo men wanted to be with J-Lo and it's it's a really interesting sign of the times because you know we're starting reality TV and that changes everybody's expectations of what they expect from a solo artist or a band mm. and I love the fact that J-Lo has pulled off all the different things and the fact I love the fact she's taking that approach because she's not stupid she knows she would have got flack for that but yeah. I think the fact she's managed to keep 
doing her thing for so long is like it's kind of fascinating yeah that's, it really is my, yeah. my word's fascinating it's it's interesting and fascinating all in one go yeah I what, what what do you make of the 80s sound combined with the more modern stuff I think it works in some places but I think it doesn't work in others I think that the, the, the vocal modulation was odd but the record scratching and the new, the new beats that have been put down kind of makes sense yeah this for me the whole thing was about the bass line to be honest mm. so like she she it become, it's about bass line when you're listening to it and it's about watching J-Lo when you're watching it you know what I mean yeah. you could have you could have chucked a turd in the background <laughs> and nobody would have really have cared and that's that's amazing to say that's the power of JLo really at this point. Yeah, it doesn't like nothing from a production. Nothing, nothing. Well, nothing. The bit I do like the baseline. Nothing really sparked me up. No. Nothing really negative drew my attention the whole way through. So I don't really have an issue with any parts of it. But I still do say it's an introduce just because it's pumping. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. On balance, I'm kind of fine with it. I can't really hear it in my head now. Unfortunately, I can hear. I can hear eighties pop beats I can hear a new edition in my head but I can't really hear this song unfortunately yeah. it doesn't stand out to me as a, as a classic J-Lo track I'm kind of more interested in the story behind it and the controversies that it brought up than, than the song itself another controversy that popped up when the murder remix came out is that J-Lo says the n-word oh. and she is not a black person she is you know she's Latino uh, la- sorry lat- Latina if you're a girl um, she she was she was a centre of protests there were actual protests at J-Lo saying that word. Uh, ja Rule defended her. He says that he wrote the lyrics. That's kind of, that's the justification for it. She had to defend herself about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, you say there that J-Lo knew what she was doing when it came to doing certain things that would get her press attention. This, I mean, they, they say no... They, they, you know, they say no publicity. Was it? What's 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 the line again? No, no press There's, is bad no, press. No, 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 no such thing as bad press. Yeah, yeah. Th- this to me feels like bad press. But she survived. Yeah, and I think what we what we started to see here is we started to see during this era a change, like an internal change about the use of the N word. Mm. And you know, I think Oprah caused scandals when she's like, "We need to stop saying that about ourselves to get other people to stop saying that." Yeah, and you know that that's that's controversial in itself because that erases years of history and stuff. And she's like, "It doesn't erase history." So there's there's things, but yeah, the fact that J Lo again it's another sign of the times. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and and I still I'm still very big on the whole. If you're writing things, does the word that you're putting in as a swear, does it add value to that song? If it doesn't add value to that song, mm. there's no need for it. So the whole question is, does it add value to that? Does J-Lo singing that make that song more of an art form mm. for me? No. No, it's it, it's not even up for debate, really. It's, it's a no. But other people in the right circumstance, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah. Mm, no. And finally, a track that didn't have... Well, to, to, to be fair, if you had a number 42 these days, you'd be quite chuffed because the charts are fucked. But um, back in the day, Bohemian, like you, from Danny Warhols, it peaked number 42 in 2000, and then it was featured in a Vodafone ad campaign, which, I mean, Scott, is this why you were interested in this track? Is that the video had a girl in short shorts and a bikini? <laughs> that might be why you and the lads' mad culture of the time propelled it to number five in the UK. This is Danny Warhols, Bohemian, like you. enough in this era I worked in a mobile phone shop as well as a supermarket <laughs> so this was uh, probably really relevant to my life yeah but uh, yeah this was the second single from their third studio album um, 13 Tales from Urban Bohemia uh, and like Liam said yeah it, it, you got off to quite a few false starts but this had uh, you're saying short shorts I remember the video being full of naked people blurred and it being banned from the TV uh, the, the, the video has naked people the, the Vodafone ad campaign was, oh. Uh, oh right yeah. okay yeah yeah I do remember it from I remember that as the song from the Vodafone advert and I remember that I remember that being the momentum that got it into the charts you know what I mean mm-hmm. but I remember partying to this as well like this for me this looks like the original hipster stuff of the millennium you know what I mean before hipsters then got pretentious hipster yeah this was like the first thing if you look at the style and stuff of it now you can see how like indie boys came about mm. really from the styling and stuff in this video and the attitudes and the yeah man uh, yeah uh, it was pretty cool but 
Yeah, I loved this song. I thought that was great. It just reminds me of being on the sesh. A couple of hooks in it. You go, yeah. Band set up. Yes, please. The way that they they do it, really good. Hooks of the thing is great. Yeah. Um, I've got it down as an intro, just based on the drums alone at the start. Yeah. Generally, I like it. I was worried that there's going to be some sort of like weird historical Dandy Warhol scandals that I don't know about. You know, whenever I like, I'm like, I love this, and you're like, well, actually, they're a cult, and there's this hatred for them. Is there hatred for Dandy Warhols these days? Where Where do we stand? Uh, I I don't think so. Really, I think generally they've aged well I don't know what they're doing now in terms of releasing stuff I think, I think they're still together mm-hmm. but yeah the, the, the fact that this track is an advert track I mean it, it it obviously means they're a hello goodbye because how many people have a, a hit from a, an advert campaign and then stick around for much longer than that yeah they did have a number 18 two years later because the theme tune of uh, the, the program Veronica Mars we used to be friends was big, oh. and then in two thousand six, there was a mashup of this and Moose T Horny. <laughs> oh yeah, there was. Yeah, there was. Uh-huh. They got to number seventeen. So yeah, they, 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 they've done bits and bobs. I, I I really like this too. I I think I know it from the ad campaign first and foremost, but I've heard the track a lot over the years as well because it has just stuck around. And 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 I think you're right to say that even though the song is kind of like. They're talking about a certain kind of person. You know, there's mention of, like, vegan food and there's other sort of references to this bohemian lifestyle. What what would have been called bohemian back then is actually quite just normal now and mm-hmm. it's it's catching on more and more. There is a very a very unpretentiousness about this and maybe you are right that this is kind of a an early version of this kind of track whereas in a few years' time when the, the, the razor lights of the world come about, we've mentioned Land for Lindy before on TNNX. Maybe, maybe this kind of predates all of that and actually comes out looking quite like, like quite unaffected by the pretension that it could have been affected by. Yeah. And as such, it's just a joyous party tune. Like if this comes on, it's a bit of a karaoke classic too. And they, they kind of make the most of that in the video because it actually has karaoke bits in the video. It has lyrics across the screen. There is bits where people are in a karaoke bar singing to it. And I, I love that. Mm-hmm. It's funny when you have those songs where it has karaoke in the video and clearly they knew it would be that kind of song before it even came out. Or maybe they wrote it like that. Or like there's quite a lot of videos that have karaoke of the person singing the song that hasn't it hasn't even come out yet but clearly it's been positioned in in such a way yeah yeah my 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 note this week has the word boobs and willy (laughs) the video in in quite a childish way has got boobs and willy which as you say are uncensored in some videos but there is there is versions that uh, do have it uncensored because i search for them and (laughs) what can i say is there uncensored versions yeah yeah if you go certain places there is there is uncensored versions 10 10 out of 10 certainly and are they properly naked in that yeah oh yeah yeah. like the the, the, oh i've gone giddy the the guy the guy the the waiter in the restaurant he's fully hanging (gasps) hanging hanging dong yeah, that's but, uh, shocking because I remember uh, thinking that it must have been like a Holly Valance kiss kiss kind of a thing because I thought it must have just been like like some sort of skin coloured covering yeah. because and this is this is how far we've come with body hair and pubes is that <laughs> there didn't seem to be much in the way of like dark blur in the blurriness of it so mm. it was like are we ha, have these people been Ken dolls and Barbie dolls for their for their existence with no hair or is there something actually on there but if you're saying that there's actual schlong and all sorts yeah. in it then dearie me I'm not, I'm not going to google it but I've got to be honest I can't remember seeing the state of the pubes as to see whether there would be any kind of black marks that you couldn't see. I didn't analyse it that closely. Analysed it fairly closely, I'm not going to lie, but not that closely. So th- this track being significant as an advert track, as we've mentioned, it, it, it kind of became big from an advert, which you'd think maybe for a band like this who, although this song isn't pretentious, they are an indie band and there's always a bit of that there, you wonder how they would take to the fact that their success is largely down to capitalism. Mm-hmm. There's a quote here from the guitarist P2 who says that he's okay with the commercialization of the tune I can imagine some wouldn't be but equally I'm sure they've got lovely houses and mortgages and cars and stuff off the back of that Vodafone campaign because it was around for a lot of years and it was huge yeah it was huge actually it was around for a long time a very long time yeah that was the thing so that was a movement maybe in 2000 and maybe nine ten as well it was a thing that you did but just because of the way that charts and charts and things have changed to break through there was a lot of people tried to get advert deals and mm-hmm. it's still a still an approach now and it is a much more acceptable approach because of the nature of charts and trying to get the attention that you you needed but obviously you've got to 
try find a brand that matches you and then you know these new brands come along and then like two years later they're getting ripped by papers because of the way that they're treating staff or the way that they're doing stuff but yeah. I remember this being like a bit of a a guide for some of the people so at this point we've talked about I've moved schools and I've gone into like different styles of people and a lot of indie kids who thought they were too cool for school and were potentially smoking stuff behind huts and all of that mm-hmm. kind of crack during school hours because they were but they wouldn't have just smoked it and gone back to class they would have smoked it and told someone they were smoking it yeah. so that everybody knew they'd smoked it not because they wanted to smoke it because they wanted people to think that they did but body language has changed whenever you knew certain people in the upper sixth room like this track it was as if it was like a guide for them about how to how to act and how to hold themselves and how to look cool mm. um, and body, lang- body language from some of the idiots that I knew at this point <laughs> changed because of this song and I was just obviously I looked like a complete and utter tool because I just loved it and danced around to it and did my stuff on nights out and all of that kind of crack but yeah it, it, it influenced people in ways that you could never really have expected and people did the weird stuff because of it mm. yeah interesting this this feels like a culturally significant song in that regard then for, you, for, your, for your generation especially yeah definitely for me so there's a whole load of stuff to chat about with Danny Warhols because they got big off an advert and we're going to do a bit more of a chat on that on TNNX on Monday we'll let you know what else is coming up on TNNX uh, in a little while but first one thing I want to mention on the episode here is that your life is afflicted by an advert, Scott, because your dog, Ted, um, is driven to insanity by one particular advert and one particular song. Can you elaborate? She just wants to go to Ibiza and she's all about Jet 2, <laughs> if I'm honest. No, uh, yeah, the Jet 2 advert that has got Jess Glynn's uh, Hold, Hold My, My Hand, Hand yeah. track sends her proper scatty. The minute the pianos come in, the ding, 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 ding. And then when Jess comes in, so she, if the dings come on and she's somewhere else in the house or she's distracted, she will immediately ping up and look at the TV. Mm. And then she starts to howl. Yeah. After Jess's vocals come in. So she waits a little while and she just kind of sings along. And it's strange because like, I'm not too sure what the crack is. Like she seems, the tone of her makes it seem like she's sad, Mm. but I'm not sure whether she's just singing along and really enjoying it or what it's doing. But I think as a pet owner, when your dog howls, it makes you feel a really funny way and you don't know what's going on. And normally you think you know what they're thinking. Yeah. So that's strange, but it's adorable. It is is adorable. Should we play a little clip here? People can get an idea of what it sounds oh, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, okay. Here's, uh, okay, here's yeah. Scott's lovely dog Ted. It's a it's a Westie. It's a Western Terrier. West Highland Terrier. She needs she needs a cut. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it is adorable, oh. but um, yeah, it, it, it must just be like Jess Glynn's voice with those high piano notes. It must be like a dog whistle. It must be that high, the combination of high-pitched sounds that just yeah. just triggers her. I don't know. I swear I've tried different Jess Glynn songs to see if it's Jess Glynn or if it's the pianos and stuff, so I might mm. have to try different things. Or You know, like if I try... You know, if you can get the YouTube karaoke version, it doesn't really sound exactly the same as the original uh, instrumental. I might try that and try things with her and see what she does, potentially, but... Yeah, bless her, she's lovely. This is the naughtiest naughty, traumatising and terrorising dogs for your entertainment. <laughs> if you oh, have I'm any just su- hoping she loves it. <laughs> if you have any suggestions for songs that can send dogs uh, Scott's dog haywire, please send them in. Thank you. <laughs> okay, we're at that point, Scott. We've got to pick some winners. We've already got some clues from you as to where you're going to go because you've mentioned, well, two tracks by name as potential contenders. Oh, yeah. Where are you going to go? Oh, I don't know. Do you know? Do you know? Uh, I don't... Right. Okay, I, I think I can do a final four. And I want to put four in so that like, if we do anything special with all of the nominees or whatever, like at the end of the year they're in. Fourth place, Jennifer Lopez, I'm Real. Third place, Dandy Warhol's Bohemian Like You. This is. Do you go for glow or do you go for pure skill and talent? I'm actually asking you, I don't know what to do. <laughs> um, uh, it, 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 it's tricky. I'm in the same sort of place and I'm, I'm probably going to go with glow <laughs> rather than talent. Okay. Um, 
did I have you just ruined have I actually was asking me to shot myself in the foot because I can play it a different game <laughs> um, I it's do feel like yeah I do feel like I don't want to put her against Kylie but I feel like my in my runner up is going to be Iowa and Nadia Ali Rapture <laughs> My episode winner this week is Alicia Keys with Falling. Have you just done that because you know what I'm going to do now? I, d- I, <laughs> I don't want to say any more in case I influence you to flick. Um, I don't know. I do like. I do think Rapture was whenever I did the prep. Yes, 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 yes. Then I got to Alicia Keys, and I knew it was always a risk. And then when I watched, when I started going through it, it was like, "Fuck, this is good. Mm. Like, this is actually really, really good." And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I've, I've, I've fried my own brain. Now there's smoke coming on my ears. Sorry. <laughs> Let's just do you. <laughs> I'll happily do me. Um, so I, okay, I'm gonna go fourth, and you're gonna hate this, but I'm putting in "Rock the Party" by Five. <laughs> <laughs> Grease fans are, are raging right now. Well, I, w- I wonder I wonder how the Grease fans feel. Do let us know if you're a Grease fan and you're um if, if you if you like it or you're horribly offended. Do let us know what you think. Um, third place. This is controversial. I know. I I I I always go for more glow. I don't. I couldn't guarantee that I'd always play this in full if it came on shuffle. As much as I love this genre and I love this artist and love this song, I think there are songs that give me more glow. So third place, Alicia Keys, Fallen. I'm sorry. Okay. Second place, again, I'm going with Glow, going with Vibe. I am going for Dandy Warhols, Bohemian Like You. And this was always going to be my winner, regardless of what you did. I don't, I don't care what you do. You do your own thing. I do my thing. <laughs> uh, my, my winner is Ayo Nadia Ali Rapture. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Uh, that's that's funny, isn't it? They're like you're probably actually more neo soul than I am as well. Mm, yeah. I, I thought I did think we were. I thought we definitely had the same top two there. No, 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 no. So, wow. Okay, Yes. Mm. So, you've got Kylie Minogue, Can't Get You Out of My Head, going up against Alicia Keys, Fallen. As I said back when we spoke about it a few minutes ago, they're, they're, they're both significant in their own ways. They're both kind of probably up there in terms of significant tracks of this year in particular. Mm-hmm. What is Scott going to do? I'm going to give you a drone. Um, I think... With your whole blasé attitude towards Io and Nadia Ali Rapture, I feel like I'm more inclined to be more blasé about Kylie. There's much more technicality going with Alicia Keys and a different level of skill. I still think that there's something, like they're both amazing words on paper, you know what I mean? Like Mm. the songwriting in both is absolutely fantastic and a great debut by Alicia. I still think that one word chorus from Kylie has the ability to beat all and because it gives me this extra glow that Alicia Keys doesn't give me to the same extent, Kylie stays on. Okay, I think that's fair enough. We do get plenty more Alicia over the decade to come, so maybe she'll have another chance do we? later on. Yeah, I, f- I, f- I feel like we- she's-, she's certainly around for a lot of it. I'm not sure. Mm. I-, I feel like she's got to have a lot of top tens, surely. In my head, this is peak Alicia. Oh. This is probably the most likely for her to be any sort of contender for anything. I, I just, I'll- I, might- I might have a little nose at the spreadsheet at some point across the week. Okay, cool. Right, so... Uh, Big change last week. Yeah. Pure emotion. You cried in a bus. Mm-hmm. This week, you nearly moistened your underwear uh, <laughs> over Io and Nadia Ali Rapture. Here's your drone. Hit me. Yeah. Um, this, this this could be an any other week sort of thing. 
where maybe if this was up against something else. Uh, how would it fare against Roger Sanchez is an interesting point that I'd like to put to you. Oh, yeah. I think that, that that's a more easy comparison and maybe on a week when I was feeling a certain way, maybe this could beat Roger. I don't know. Um, can this beat Lincoln Park? Well, I think the one word chorus of Rapture is uh, much like Kylie that you've mentioned. There's something very distinctive and hypnotic about it the simplicity is kind of a real strength for it but i think equally the verses are so kind of rich in texture too um mm, i think yeah up against anybody else in the past maybe it stood more of a chance but lincoln park is gonna need something stronger Uh than this to beat it and I, I, I do think Linkin Park being my winner now has is, is changed the game completely. Yeah. And I, I, I really don't know what's going to be considered, in my mind, credible enough to knock off such a significant and kind of important song. No, the, the, the decision's easy for me. I love I.O. Rapture, but Linkin Park stays on. I'm glad Ayo and Nadia Ali got the nod, and I'm glad we played some hooks as well too, so we had a bit of a jam. Yeah. Not much change. No, no change. N- no change, <laughs> which is good because we both changed recently. Yeah. I think it'd be weird if we were changing again. Mm-hmm. I do think Lincoln Park has legs to run, and I feel like Kylie has legs for you too. Maybe this is just how the show goes from here. Mm-hmm. Maybe we never change again. Who, 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 who knows? Well, it, there's so much more to discuss over the next years. As you say, we're, we're one year into our journey now. Eric, we've still got another three, four years of this to do. Mm-hmm. So much can change in our lives. So much can change generally. We'll 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 we'll, we'll be doing it together. I hope you stay with us <laughs> as we uh, as we figure this out. Our listeners' choice poll is always really important on our social pages. Victoria Usher, your lovely wife on Instagram, said uh, Lincoln Park was the winner this week. No other choice really, mm. and. Um, yeah, she she was right. Basically, the sad bit of news is that the, the ones flawless, which we which we did call flawless, mm-hmm. came bottom on five percent. Yeah, and I think that, that that could be a new low as as terms of um of percentages goes, which is a shame. Yeah, that's not great. Again, I think people need, people need to go and listen to it. But I think mm-hmm. people people see Lincoln Park and Britney Mystique, and the ones maybe doesn't stand out as a track that they know. They should definitely go and listen to it, and they'll 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 change their opinion. Uh, up next was Mystique, One Night Stand, sixteen percent. Britney, back on twenty percent. I'm a slave for you. That that feels f- feels like it's been unjust. But when Lincoln Park in the end in the mix, it's yeah. no surprise that gazumped everything with a massive fifty nine percent. Yeah, whoa, big whoa. deal. Another one coming this weekend because of my uh, new Saturday shift pattern. It's there's no guarantee what time it'll be. I mean, this one this one even came out on Sunday because I slept for the entire Saturday afternoon and um, just didn't get a chance to put on. So yeah, over the weekend at some point when I am alive and conscious, there will be a new one. Thank you. You're so Generation Z. We want to hear from you though, even though Liam will be asleep and not get any of the messages at TNN Pod on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and you can email hello at TNN pod.co.uk please with your emails and your voice notes we want to hear from you we will have a bonus episode of the podcast on this Monday TNNX with tracks from Steps Elton John Bellin Sperling Usher and Gabrielle plus more from our chat with Ian Vandal's Christoph Chances from way back in November do check that out on Monday and next time we're in Naughty's Paradise with Destiny's Child Backstreet Boys Brittany Christina NSYNC JLo Lil Kim Mary J Blige Lisa Keys Eve Gwen Stefani Fred Durst Nelly Furtado and Mike Clisch on, and that's just one track that is just one track it's quite incredible we'll also have number ones for Westlife and Blue plus a more muted affair from Destiny's Child and what I've called Robo Disco from Cher <laughs> you have to hear it to believe it to be quite honest